Hey guys, don't forget the 2023 Street Cop Training Conference, Nashville, Tennessee, April 23rd through the 28th. You do not want to miss this so far. Guest speakers, Rob O'Neill, the Navy SEAL that was responsible for killing Osama bin Laden. Kyle Carpenter, U.S. Marine, Medal of Honor recipient, jumping on an IED to protect his platoon. Fox News host Tommy Lahren returns for 2023. Sheriff Wayne Ivey, Sheriff Mark Lamb, Sheriff David Clark, and more to come. You don't want to miss this event. We additionally have 20 of the country's top law enforcement educators giving you the best experience of your life. You will leave this event knowing more about your job and how to be proficient at the things that you do, hands down, than any other event that you'll ever attend. I personally guarantee it. Don't miss out. There's a room code at streetcop.com for our room block and room code at the Gaylord at Opry is where the event's taking place. Don't miss out on a discounted rate. The rate is from Sunday to Thursday. Put that in and find yourselves at a half-price room. Split it with a friend, but make sure you get there. You don't want to miss this event. It is going to be that good. If you trust me and you trust Street Cop, trust that you will leave there feeling like you've had an experience of a lifetime. So what's some of the things that you've been talking about recently or things you've been seeing in the field that have been real hot topic conversations? Yeah, I think I think a lot of it for me is just like helping cops remember the purpose for why they do what they do. Right. And um, like the highlight of my talks is lighting and fire under people's ass to fight for each other, because I don't know if it's like that up where you're at, but most of the places down here, we're devouring each other from within um law enforcement agency so fighting for each other you know instead of devouring each other because this is all we've got this is this is it right and how that family at work is supposed to augment the family at home it's not supposed to take away from it it's supposed to be a support system where you actually need somebody on your squad that says dude you haven't had a day off in six days go your ass home to your family so i think that you know everything ties into that but uh, it's it's really about restoring that brotherhood and that family and that unity, uh, because without that team, we're 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 fucking doomed in like ten years, if that long. When you ask me if it's like that up here, um, I'm gonna say that law enforcement essentially is probably pretty much the same across the board throughout the country. Yeah. Same stories, same people. Same everything. And I'll give you an example. I think I was asking classic. Does anybody work at an agency where there's not one person? who's got chevrons or higher that isn't a complete asshole. And I've never seen yeah. somebody raise their hand and go, yeah, we don't have anybody who's an administration that doesn't suck. Everybody's got one fucking asshole. Even chiefs laugh. Surface level, Northeast, are we good to each other? Yeah. Agency to agency, sure. But interagency, inside the agency, is I don't think it it's any different okay. uh, than, than anywhere else in the world. So with that being said, where do you think that mentality comes from? Where do you think people come in and they – lose sight of their moral high ground or what they're what's right and wrong as a human being to do to other people that you're supposed to consider to be not only your coworkers but your families people you're, you're yeah well you're it's, laying the life it's, on. it's the same reason i think that we shit on our, our family that this at home it's like we don't understand like we're not we're not really sure how we're supposed to respond and this isn't like being a pity party. It's just reality. It's like point one of the unconquered code. Acknowledge the pain, right? Um, 
we're not supposed to have to deal with the crap that we see day in and day out. It's not meant for humans to deal with. So how do we process it? And instead of balling it up and suppressing it and building it and, and pressing it down, we really don't have anywhere to go with it. I mean, that's why we have so many freaking counselors because we don't have anybody we can trust and talk to. And instead of having people that we can trust and talk to, we're like this all the time. And so now you can text a therapist right here. And instead of actually having a relationship where I can call and say, Dennis, brother, I got some stuff I'm going through. Hey, can, can you just let me vent for a minute? And so it's the lack of connection, the lack of community, because it's dog eat dog and everybody fend for yourself. Um, and so we are designed for community. We need community. And without community, community, we're lone wolves and we fail. It's just a matter of when. It's not if, it's when you're going to fail. And that was what I was going to get on was like, go to that, but tie it into like the unconquer code. Just one of the points is 10 points, uh, 10 principles. And so that's, I think that's super, super healthy uh, to address that from, from that perspective. So uh, it's like the Sergeant that I had that was like, dude, go blow, go blow your brains out. Like you'd really do us all a favor. Just go kill yourself. And um you know, and I know that we have dark humor and we, we cut at each other and we nip at each other, but when are we going to build each other up? Hell, I think there's enough nipping going on from the outside. We got to keep each other sharp and accountable, but we just like the community. It's just, it's a different mentality. It's like, and I don't know if it's just a new generation, like the old school dogs were, they whip each other's ass at work, but they were still family. They were still tight. You know, they had each other's back. If something went on, like we can go at each other, but you're not going to come at us. And so I don't know. I don't, I think the, 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 at the end of the day, it's probably a culmination of uh, things that you see going on in society and media and, and just a new mindset of a new generation, you know? So how do we bring that back around and, and understand that we're, we're on the same team and we have to come together. We have to understand that there's going to be conflict, interpersonal conflict, interdepartmental conflict. There's going to be disagreements. But at the end of the day, we, we're on the same team. we got to fight for each other. Or we are going to be shit out of luck. Earlier you said everybody fends for themselves. Now, I have a little bit of a theory. It could be opinion-based. People can subscribe to it and like it. I'm going to compare now that I'm in the business world, business versus government. And I've always said, when you work at a police agency, it's yeah. like a playground and the playground doesn't get any bigger, but there's only so if you go to any playground. There's only so many slides and swings and seesaws. And what happens is like a playground is once a kid gets on a seesaw or a swing or those things with the springs that bounce back and forth, it's typically on a character. They usually don't want to give it up, not yeah. for the better good. And a lot of kids sit around and wait for that kid to get off that seesaw or that spinny thing to get on and take a position in it. Now that theory is interesting because what I'm saying is you'll see these people who will be selfish, just like kids are. This is my slide. No, you can't come on my jungle gym. This is my jungle gym. Only my friends can come on mm -hmm. the infantile mindset of these police agencies. And the reason I believe it stems from these infantile mindsets is because there are limited resources. There's limited amounts of money to make. Uh, it is not an unlimited pool, and I'll explain that in a second. There is limited amount of money to make. There is limited opportunity. There's limited positions that are outside of patrol division that people are seeking. So what happens is I think because people are starving, there's only so much to eat within the walls of a police agency, 
that they're willing to do things like wild animals do, like a pecking order almost, or, you know, the strongest eat first, or, you know, I mean, watch how animals behave like a pack of hyenas when there's one carcass to eat together. They're like fucking lunatics. And I think it's the same thing is now I would be doing this service to our community if I didn't explain the other side. Well, how does that compare to the real world, Dennis Benino? Well, here's how the real world works, because if you guys didn't know this, you all live in fucking fantasy land in law enforcement world. Like it's literally I look at it and I'm like, I'm doing the best I can to try to help expose what I'm seeing. But it's complete. It's like its own little uh, ecosystem. And every police agency is like a dome where everybody just lives and functions under this fucking dome. And every once in a while, they let you out to go see your kids and your wife and maybe have a barbecue on the weekend, have a fucking few white claws. But then you're back into this dome where like in the grand scheme of things. You mm-hmm. think that your fucking captain is like this amazing, like, oh, shit, this captain so-and-so, holy shit, right? Like, and I'm not saying these guys didn't earn it, but I'm saying, like, in the in the world, that dude's a captain of a 23-man police department, right? Like, in your little ecosystem, it's everything. That dude's a big shot, right? That guy's a big shot. But in the real world, like, you bring it out, like, is that person Jeff Bezos? You know, is that person Mark Cuban? No, it's a fucking captain at a 23-man police. I'm not downplaying the importance of that role, but I'm trying to help you understand, like, you guys all live in augmented reality in some sense, and you live in this little ecosystem, this little fucking world of, like, oh, I want to be that, I got to do this, and fuck that guy, and blah, blah, blah. Now, how does that differ in business world? In the private industry, there are unlimited resources. They're unlimited. There's no glass ceiling. You can make as much as you want. You can do as much as you want. It takes a lot of discipline, a lot of effort. And a lot of people thrive on this side more because maybe they were stuck on the other side and they were, they were limited. They were limited. They had, they had their head kept hitting the fucking ceiling. I can't go any further. I can't make any more money. Um, So here it's not as cutthroat, but it's cutthroat in different ways. But a lot of people in this side of the field, we collaborate together, right? So me, I'm gonna give you one example. Adam Hadari from uh, Police Post and Effective Fitness and all that shit. Like I collab with Adam and then other people as well in this industry. We don't say to each other like, oh my God, there's only room for one police training company. We're like, nah, dude, look, if we're gonna fucking change this thing together. I'm gonna phone him for an hour on Sunday. You know, I, I'm like, if we're gonna change this thing together, we gotta stick together and work together. I think you're one of the yeah. few people in this industry that we can do something together. And you know what? We don't do it with the intention of procuring revenue. That's just a byproduct of us putting right. our fucking heart and souls and knowing that yeah. we might have what it takes to make things better for these cops. Yeah. So I don't have to stab people in the back. I don't have to talk shit about another police training company. No. They fucking sink themselves when they suck. I don't have to do Oh, that, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I'm not selling to try to get you to come to mind. I will put my product out there. If you like what we do, you like what we say, you like who we are, come. If you don't, don't come, right? Yeah. Nobody makes something for everybody. I'm just doing what I do. This is what I know. This is what I'm trying to do for the world. If you like it, welcome. If you can begin to remove yourself from feeling like you're one of those starved people and you're going Mm -hmm. for these spots and you're ready to trade your fucking soul in or stab people in the back or kick people in the fucking nuts, whatever it may be to get to where you want to be. Folks, it's not going to feel good when you get there because that reputation no. of being a backstabbing piece of shit, you can't shake it. I don't care if you yeah. promote it on it. Your men and women don't respect you. They know who you are. They've got your number, and it's almost impossible to come back from. So what I'm going to say to you is take the high road. 
Yeah. Relax, breathe. So what? You didn't get the fucking canine. So what? You're not going to narcotics. Who mm-hmm. cares? Work with what you got. You're a patrol guy. Love the patrol thing, right? There's a, there's a difference between loving what you do and doing what you love, right? You don't always get to do what you love, but you could always love what you do. So showing up and putting energy and effort into what you can work with now, right? I'm a patrol guy, which I don't know why people fucking knock patrol. Patrol was the shit for me. I fucking love patrol. I don't want to leave patrol. No bullshit. I was like, if I get promoted, I can make sure I'm in patrol. I don't want to go to any other divisions. I like patrol. It's my, it's my jam. I'm fucking ADD. I like to fucking fire it up like fucking adrenaline. Like, I like that stuff. <laughs> but stop chasing the trophies, the mad awards. This is not fair. That's not fair. Right. You want to make it fair again? Make it fair in your brain. I come to work. This is my patrol car. Maybe one day somebody will recognize me. But the one thing I won't do is trade in my soul, yeah. my morals to try to get ahead. Because at the end of the day, even though I don't get anything in this profession, even though I get one fucking thing in this profession, nobody can say that I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. And that's it. And it's a lot to hold on to. Now, you know, it's not valuable. You think when you're 24, what's well, your 33 and you're trying to gain respect and people know you're a fucking little scumbag. Because you you were screwing people over to put a feather in your hat to climb the ranks, and and then that just creates a whole issue uh, between leadership and in your troops and everybody that you are supervising. Uh, but I think if law enforcement is going to survive the next decade or two decades, we have to get around to to bringing it back to family and and, and being for each other, um, and that's. Principle one of the Unconquered Code, recognize, acknowledge the pain, recognize there's a problem. It's having hard conversations. It's like, what is the culture of your agency? And that's really the only way that you can affect everything that's going on is what is the culture of your team? What is the culture of your team right now? What has it been and what can you do to to have a positive impact on it so that going forward, uh, you actually have people that want to come work with you? And and people that it makes it a little bit easier to recruit. Um, and then, you know, maybe just novel idea, maybe it makes it a little bit more cohesive to to attack issues in your community together as a team. Uh, but the too much backstabbing and 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 you know, people screwing people over to put a feather in the cap to climb the ranks, whatever, you know, it's it's just a challenge. I mean, law enforcement has faced a number of challenges as as times change and society has changed over. Um, past past 10 years, much less the past 100 years. And uh, so getting back to a place to where we actually take care of each other is just like the fundamentals of what we're supposed to be doing. Um, but why would we do that? Like most of us don't even take care of ourselves. And, and you know, how, how would you even have a priority to take care of others if you don't take care of yourself? You know, I've got some guys that's reached out to me. I posted how I went from 36% body fat last January of 21 to 12% recently. And I was 300 pounds and I was just a blob, just a complete lard ass and unhealthy in every way inside and out. And they're like, bro, what do I do? How do I get there? It's just start, you know, and that's how we have to attack this issue is just start, just begin, do have the hard conversations. Uh, you know, we have different generations, the older generations, like, Hey, you got a, you got an issue going on, suck it up and get through it. And now you got a younger generation. It's like, Oh, poor baby, you know, and everybody gets a fucking trophy instead of how do we work through this together? What are we going to do to get through this together? You're not entitled to anything. Uh, you have to work, you have to sacrifice, you have to treat people right. And if you don't, there's going to be a reckoning. It's going to come. It's just a matter. It's just, it's a law. It's a principle of life. If you treat people like trash, 
it will come back to you. No matter how high you climb, it will come back to you eventually. And that will be your legacy forever, no matter how high you climb or the color of metal on your shoulders. And so get back to where we take care of each other. That is like, that is principle number one, A1 priority uh, before anything else. It has to be the culture of every agency in every department and every place within every every agency across the country that we take care of each other. And that's not saying that you do unethical or illegal crap to take care of each other. It's just stop crapping on each other, stop devouring each other from within and, and do the right thing. And um, it, it makes, it makes for a much better work environment and, and it kind of increases the morale of everybody that works there. If, if you do the right thing and, and, um, you know, super important, you know, that's, but it's gotta be, you gotta actually have the, have the balls to sit there and say, Hey, I think we got a problem. You know, I think, I think we've got something going on that we need to deal with. It's like, I was talking to somebody from an agency, um, not going to say which one the other day, and they had had like six or seven suicides in the past, I think nine months or something like that. There is a major problem there. Like there is a major issue there. A lot of times you hear people talk about the struggles they deal with in law enforcement or they've had this or they, they've had that. The number one problem problem is like officers who are hurt in the line of duty and they're hung out to dry and they're just forgotten about. And that happens more than we need. Like we need to make that a headline everywhere. And that pisses people off that have power, but it absolutely needs to be dealt with. And that is what I'm talking about. Quit crapping on the men and women that took an oath to lay down everything for their community and they sacrifice, they do their job and then they get shit on by commissions and agencies and leadership because of a dollar. You know, they made a commitment, do what's right and take care of them. They shouldn't have to have GoFundMe's and fundraisers and barbecues and freaking cupcake sales. It, it should be a given that they're going to be taken care of. And nothing infuriates me more than seeing an officer who's wounded in the line of duty and they're out there having to have a freaking bake sale to, to help pay their bills and take care of them. Uh, but acknowledge the pain. There is a problem. It must be addressed or your recruitment issues are going to continue to be a challenge for decades to come. I don't know how somebody is comfortable with having a bad reputation. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as a human being and people who know me, know me personally, um, this is not me trying to peacock or try to impress anybody here. I really try to live my life up to a moral character of what I expect myself to live by. And that yeah. means at a very core, being a good person, very selfless as much as possible, sometimes selfish to be selfless. But I don't know how people are comfortable with that. You know, and you said earlier, like, we need to start treating each other better. It takes effort to give a fuck, but <laughs> yes, it's it worth does. it. Like, it, it takes effort to give up. You know why it's so easy to say, like, that's not my fucking problem. Easy way out. That's easy. And most people yeah. do it that way. And if you're in this profession, it's just different. You can't, you can't treat it like that. And and my last one before I volley it back to you is people say, well, my boss isn't going to listen to you. My chief, my captain, my lieutenant, they're not going to listen to you. That's fine. Cause I'm not here to try to get them to listen to me. No. My job is not to change the current status quo. What I'm trying to do at this training company is plant these seeds. So yeah. going forward in 15 years, guys like me and Adam Davis can sit here, put our arms around each other and go, you see, it was fucking yeah. worth it. We cared enough to be on that podcast that day. And here are 
some crops that have grown from these seeds we're planted because somebody who's young and impressionable at 24, 25, 27, 31, 19, getting into this profession might say, I'm going to keep this in mind moving forward. And you're going to be presented with these crossroads in life of what do I do? Take a step back, breathe and take the moral high ground. The beautiful thing about the high road is there's nobody on it. Yeah. And it's it's got great views, right? It might be lonely for a little bit, but I'm telling you, karma is a real thing. What you put out into the world, you will receive back. We are paving the road for the new generation. We're planting the seeds, hoping, hoping that everybody gets it. You know what's crazy, Adam Davis? Is I think people are actually getting it. I swear to God. Oh, they are, yeah. I think people are really getting it. I think the next generation of police looks very, very promising. Well, and that's where the things we're talking about today begin. Like, maybe the lieutenants, the sergeants, the captains, Maybe nobody in the command staff hallway will listen to what's going on right here today. But you can lead your squad. You can lead that small group, right? You can have a you can you can go and sit down for dinner and or or lunch or whatever, and you could set some new standards. Lead by example. You can be the one that changes the culture one squad at a time. And that's where it begins with you and it's more effective when it comes from that from that point as opposed to coming down from command staff or admin and uh, you talk about good stuff going out and coming back man yeah sowing and reaping is is an absolute 100 call it karma whatever it's a 100 law and it will come back like if you will treat people right if you do the right thing if you love people man, it will, it will absolutely change your life, you know? And so it starts where you're at. So if you're in patrol and on your squad, there's been issues, have some hard conversations and fix it, fix it, acknowledge there's an issue, be selfless, like Dennis was saying, and, and serve one another. Well, you know, there shouldn't be one guy that's having to do all the work or one lady that's having to do all the work and somebody else sitting back hiding in the shadows and watching Netflix, just take care of each other. And then I think once you see that, command staff will take notice, but lead by example. Don't wait on anybody else to make these changes because these aren't changes that are required that, that require a budget. They're not a change that requires a, a new training experience. It's not anything that requires any money to be spent. It just requires 100% effort from you, and you could change that. And so if you say, well, my squad or my department's blah, 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 blah. Control what you can control. And that's your effort, your attitude towards it, and what's going on on your squad, on your team, where you are right now. From a very, very basic, fundamental level, you can change all of that. And, yeah, that affects every generation going forward because guess where the new guys are? Guess where the rookies are? Guess where some of the old dogs are? It's all in one place, and you can affect everything right there with your attitude, and, and it's contagious. And that sounds really elementary and fundamental, but I mean, my God, what happens if if we if we get to that point? And those are some of the things that we address. So, yeah, um, take care of each other, man. That is that is a one priority. I'm going to give a few examples of taking care of each other, and it's something as simple as knowing you're close to a small little job and picking it up for the other guy when you don't have to. And I'm relieved to still see a lot of that stuff exists. And those are the people that. No matter what happens, you're always going to be regarded as somebody who was selfless. I mean, yeah, I've been a long time since I've worked in my agency. I didn't say I was perfect, but one thing I could tell you, I was one person who stepped up and always helped. 
What can I do for you? I'll give me that. I'll take care of this. Go back. Take this guy. Give me the guy. I'll take him. I'll go process him. Start doing your shit out here. I'll have this all buttoned up by the time you got in. Right. Because it wasn't about me that day. You know, 81 degrees. It's a perfect day out. Everybody's excited to go out. For some odd reason, the CAD's white. Nothing going on. It's clear as shit. Right. Like, oh, my God, there's fucking like 18 of us going on the road right now for 26 square miles. And now, like, I got my boys here. I mean, like, we're going to play today. Right. And then all of a sudden, somebody's going to get a complete leaky bag of shit job. That's it. Like, we're all going with you, brother. Right? We're all going to sit down and do this with you. That's it. And even better when we had a sergeant who would sit down with us or a lieutenant would say, what can I do for you guys? And this one was shitty. You know, that's, that's, that's some good stuff right there. And I would encourage everybody to, you don't need permission. You don't need to get chosen no. by somebody else to be a good person. You can choose yourself. And that's a decision you can make right now. You could change yeah. it today. I go to work. Wow, maybe I'll try this. Hey, we got a bumper-to-bumper -bumper crash in your sector. You can slide over and take it. See what that does for somebody. Hey, uh, Pete, I'll take this one. I got it. Don't worry about it. Go about your business, especially when somebody's got something else to do. Hey, I got to go see my daughter's recital. It's at 7 o'clock. It's in town here. Yeah. Right? Fucking be there for these people. Right? Because guess what? They're not going to forget, and they're going to be there for you. And 100%. this is a wonderful, wonderful relationship. It's no different than a marriage being wonderful. One hand washes the other. Really is true. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you and you look at answering calls or um, you, you hear somebody's caught seven or eight major calls throughout the day that's kept them busy. Give them some give them some time, cover them and um, and just check on one another, man. And like you said, it doesn't cost anything for effort. Effort costs nothing. Attitude costs nothing. Maybe you're saying, well, you don't know what my agency's like. You don't know what we've been through. You don't know what we're dealing with. No, I don't, man. But you know what? If you're going to allow all the things going on around you to affect you, uh, things are always going to suck. But you can change the temperature in any room with your attitude and effort uh, and, and being sort of responsible for your own determination for the things that you're going to do to contribute to your team. Or you can sit around and make excuses. So which ones are going to be? It's really easy to make excuses. Everybody makes excuses. Losers make excuses. Or you can do the right thing. It doesn't matter if you're working for an agency of 12 people or 22,000 people. Or, uh, high call volume, low call volume. It doesn't really matter. Effort is the same no matter where you go. If you follow those set of principles and you tr take care of each other, you treat people fairly, especially the people you work with day in and day out. Um you know, and, and you hear somebody's dealing with stuff, especially if they're dealing with stuff at home or off duty, man, be there for them, support them, practically support them, like be there for them. Uh, hey, man, I got you on this one or uh, last call of the day and they're sitting on something like Dennis was saying, you got something going on at home, help them out, you know, cover them. You don't have kids, you don't have anything going on for the holidays, they cover them. And and that's a good thing that, that some of the departments where I've, sort of been and talked to, um, they have a, a pretty good habit of stuff like that, but we can get jaded. We can get cynical. We can get cold hearted, hard hearted, bad attitudes just because of culture and admin and stuff going on around us, society, media, whatever. Um, but I think we have to make those decisions that we're going to do the right things regardless. And we're not going to be affected by the circumstances going on around us. We're going to be the one who affects the room when we walk in. And that's that's men and women who will change the culture of law enforcement going forward for every agency. That's how we affect suicide rates. That's how we affect, uh, you know, any any trauma related injuries or moral injuries or whatever you want to call it. That's how we affect treating those things. 
We could do more by helping save lives right there from within than any counseling program, nonprofit, anything going on outside of it could do because we have each other's back like we're supposed to. And I know that I could call Dennis at 1.30 in the morning if the demons are attacking me and nobody's around and I'm drowning in alcohol. I know I've got somebody on my squad I can call instead of sitting there suffering by myself. And, and when we can get to a point to where we take care of each other like that, that's how we affect some of the major issues facing law enforcement today, not just recruitment and retention, suicide. That's how we fix it. Because you know you're not battling this alone, and you know that I will walk through hell with kerosene britches on to fight for you. And we got to get back to the point where that's what we do. And that's why I got into law enforcement, because I saw good men who were cops, and I wanted to be like those men. And, and I know there's still good men out there that are doing this, and good women that are doing this. It's time for you to no longer be silent, but to be heard and to let your microphone blast louder than the ones who are cynical, hard-hearted, piece-of-trash leaders or officers, wherever they're at, the ones that have crapped on everybody to get where they are, be the one who leads. Dominate the room, dominate the space you're in with kindness and do your job and do the right thing and treat people the right way. And I'm going to tell you something, you don't have enough time in the day to deal with the promotions and opportunities that life is going to throw at you because you do things the right way and you treat people the right way. You do it the right way with the right heart long enough, good things come to you. It's just a matter of time. I just want to go back to something you said. You can call me at 1.30 in the morning. Uh, you could have called 27-year-old Dennis at 1.30 in the morning. 41-year-old Dennis ain't fucking awake at 1.30 in the morning, my friend. So you can call all the fuck you want. I'm not answering shit. Well, uh, I'm joking, obviously. If you were in an emergency, you could call me. You know that. But like, I'm oh, probably not answering the phone, Adam Davis. Just so we're fucking clear. Yeah. Just so uh, we're and I don't clear. mean that in the sense that like I'm like, oh, it's Adam calling. It's 1.30. Like, if you call me at 1.30, I'm like, oh, my God, this motherfucker must need me. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I um, I certainly would pick up if I saw you calling at one thirty. Just good luck at trying to get me to answer the phone at one thirty in the oh, morning. Absolutely. I'm forty one, and you're about to be two. We are four days apart from each other, oh, you and I. Yeah, yeah, I feel good about it, minus the bifocals I picked up, but it's just part of it. Hey, it could be a lot worse. I'm I'm working on a book now with a guy who's a former DA agent and took a uh, a belt fed round that went in one temple and come out the other side and blinded him. Went on to become the first blind bodybuilding pro champion in the world. Awesome story. Dude has got an incredible story. Um, so thankful to be able to help men and, and women with their stories like that. But I, you know, you think about, I, I could complain about having bifocals at 40, but you know, it could be a lot worse. Uh, or arthritis in all my joints. I mean, I, I joke about it, but uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's very minor. Um, and, and it, and it looks like somebody windexed my eyes. Everything's nice and clear now. So, um, but I, you know, I've got a new book coming out in April and I know you, we talked about it and I'm, uh, send you the manuscript for an endorsement and all that good stuff. But it talks about the 10 principles that it, that it's required for you to live unconquered, you know, and maybe you're like, dude, you have no idea what I'm going through in life right now. You have no idea what I'm dealing with right now or what I've gone through. Um, and, and I really don't, but I can tell you that, um, if we would put those things aside and focus on being selfless teammates, uh, in our agencies and our departments, then we could see like real change going on. And you don't have to wait on somebody that's in a big office somewhere or the title to make those changes or send out a memo or all this. 
it starts there. Um, but this is for you. This book is for you. This book is not a devotion or anything. It's written for you, for, for those who've lost the will to live but still fight, to those that's lost loved ones or brothers or sisters to suicide, those who continue to battle demons or those who are silently carried the pain of any type of childhood abuse, which uh, is a large number of first responders, um, surprisingly. And uh, this is for you. And what we're talking about today requires effort. It, it is a fight. It is a battle. But it's like any good thing, any good thing in life. It's like forgiveness requires work. Love requires work. It's easy to hate. It's easy to hold a grudge. But it comes at one hell of a high cost, and it destroys you from the inside. And that's what you see going on right now is we've allowed all the crap going on in the world around us to sort of slowly eat away at us, slowly eat away at us. And now we're at a point, it's like, what do we got to do to fix it? So what if, what if instead of, you know, when I screwed up, uh, Dennis come to me and, and said, Hey brother, I saw that this was going on and coached me through it, mentored me through it. Instead of saying, you know, you piece of crap, you know, blah, 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 shift that mindset, shift the perspective, sort of the role of of leadership and 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 uh you know even the field training officers is being coaches and mentors to each other instead of you know the old the old school way I, we get we still have to nip at each other because of who we are uh, but reestablishing that culture of brotherhood of family um that's what makes it special because you are going to be the reason somebody becomes a cop someday and and what kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? What kind of mark are you going to leave? And maybe you don't really care about that. It's time to start thinking about it because it's coming whether you want want it or not. It's going to happen. You're going to leave a legacy, and, and it, it's based on how you do things right now that determine what that is going to be. People are going to talk. Give them something good to talk about. Uh, earlier, you talked about a gentleman <clears throat> who was shot through a belt-fed round yeah. right through his eyes and blinding him and going on to achieve amazing things. So as much as it is easy to complain, we have to switch that perspective and be thankful for the things that we have. There are people that live in countries that don't have running water or clean water. And, and you're born in the United States and we're just spoiled as fuck here. And that's yeah. what it comes down to. You know, we have about 15 minutes left to do this. I do have to Sweet. end this, but I, I thought this was a good one. I brought it up in class. They haven't talked about it in a while and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So two things is hanging out with cops. Before you jump into this, I mean, off-duty, spending your time with police officers. And I'll tell you my theory, then you can tell me yours. And then the second part of that is, because it stems from hanging out with cops, is dating cops within your agency. Two things that I think can easily be resolved, and here's my resolution to you. You might say, well, Dennis, I like hanging out with cops. I feel normal hanging out with cops. In the academy, the academy staff told me I was going to hang out with cops because that's what cops do. Great. I think you should hang out with cops. I just don't think you should have to hang out with the cops that you work with. I think the best thing you could do if you are so adamant about hanging out with other law enforcement officers is hang out with other law enforcement officers from another agency that has no correlation to yours. Mm -hmm. This was a big unlock for me in life. I had met three or four guys from an agency that was next to mine. And that's who I hung out with. You know what was great is all of a sudden, all the things surrounding the drama that was going on at my agency, I wasn't a part of anymore. So what's your thoughts on what I just said? Don't don't there's enough potential for drama, period. Like don't feed the drama. And and the the reality is, and this is like hate mail 101, but the majority of people who involve who engage in a romantic relationship with somebody within their department 
most of the time it doesn't work out. You're not going to be married for life, right? It's just, it's just not. I mean, I know personally of one or two couples and, and it did, but they were, you know, they didn't work in the same part of the department and whatever. But the reality is the chances of that working are, are not great. Like it's, it's not 90% or better. And so you're risking, you're really risking a creating unnecessary and undue drama um, and then hanging out with, with your, uh, with your squad after work, I, I think there's a time and a place for it. Um, I did, and it probably caused a lot more problems for me than, than it did really anything. You know, that's where I really, really learned how to drink. Um, and, and, uh, but it was bonding. I mean, it was, we were bonding off duty, but now you could probably have a, you know, grill some burgers or have some pizza or something while you're on duty and have a squad get together there. That's probably a little bit healthier than y'all doing stuff off duty at a bar or at the house. Um, and if you got a family at home, that should be your number one priority. Um, I think that it's just, it's a, it creates an opportunity for there to be undue conflict and more drama than is necessary. Um, in a world that's already sort of volatile and tumultuous at times, and so finding that balance, yeah, you need to spend time with the guys and people you work with, but be very, 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 very cautious before you engage in, in the romantic relationships uh, with people that are within your department, because chances are more likely than not that that's going to come back to bite you in the ass eventually. That includes dispatchers, too, just so we're clear. Like, I get it. Yeah. I don't yeah. think anybody doesn't have a dispatcher story. <laughs> right? We know them. We get it. Right? I don't know the science behind it, but I'm telling you, I'm aware. Yeah, everybody. Knows I just want to say this. I know what you say. Well, well, when I go out and I hang out with the guys that I work with, I don't know why I'm doing Southern accent. Now you you influence me. What? Uh, you know, I, I that's where I bond. Like I'm becoming better friends with them. I'm going to tell you this right now. No bullshit. There were men and women that I worked with that did not spend any time with us yep. off duty and were just as much our yep. friends and had the 100%. same exact fucking bond. Yep. And you know, at one point, I looked at one of my friends and I said. You know, he had kids already, but I was like, man, this motherfucker is so smart to not hang out with us. Like, he just deflects it nonstop. The peer pressure is like, nah. I mean, that's what I started doing. I'm like, and by the way, let me just say something. I have so many wonderful friends that I used to work with. We had wonderful times off duty, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, with my coworkers. I'm not saying there are, there aren't, but I'm going to tell you. There is no question about it looking, about it, looking back at it now. I wish somebody put their arm around me and say, look, these yeah. guys are your friends, right? Yeah. They're great here. You can love them. Be at the fucking kids' communion. Be at his daughter's birthday party when you guys have kids. Uh, you know, be there for him. His father passed away. You know, you be there for him, right? You be there for the good things. But you don't need to be going out four nights a week with this guy at the no, same club. You and the not. six dudes that you work with. Another piece of advice I want to give all of you is, if everybody you work with hangs out here in town, leave. Go find another town to hang out with. Uh, hang out mm -hmm. in. I can't emphasize enough. Outside of maybe working in Nashville, where you can probably fucking blend in, or working in Vegas, where nobody knows who you are. I worked in a bigger city, but everybody knew each other. Yeah. And one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was hanging out in town. Why did I hang out in town? Because the fucking bar owners and the club owners liked the cops. We were all friends with them. We didn't do anything special or favors to them at all. We just liked them. They liked us. They appreciated us. And we drank for free. But yeah. I got to tell you, that was the most expensive fucking alcohol I've ever drank in my life. You don't realize it because it is expensive. And yeah, we're telling cost. this not to fucking rain on your parade. We're saying because 
You got two 41-year-old guys who have been in this business a very, very long time. I'm trying to help you. We are trying to help you avoid unnecessary bullshit in your life. And I'm not ask anybody with 20 plus years in the job. I'm telling you, this is good advice. Heed it if you must, uh, if, if, but ignore it if you'd like. But I'm telling you, if you listen to this advice, you will have a far better experience in this profession. Absolutely. And healthier. Yeah, man. And, and a whole lot less drama. So it's just an extra, it's just an extra fuel for drama and conflict that you really don't need. And uh, if you got a family, they need to get, yeah, every time you tell those parties, yes, you're telling your family no, and you need to be home with your family. And yeah, like you said, go to, go to the special events and all that. And, but four nights a week in the bars, three nights a week in the bars or wherever, hanging out, drinking, and it's just going to lead to more trouble and heartache and conflict and pain. And you don't need any more of it make smart decisions. And that's, that's one of the things you go back to fighting for each other, fighting for each other. Doesn't mean you have to sacrifice everybody else. You could actually have a great career, right? Without burning every other part of your life to the ground. You can do that. You could have a great career and still have a great family at home. Statistics are BS. You can, you can have, a, you can be healthy. Like you don't have to be the unhealthy cop from the inside out. You can, you could be healthy and, you know, it's just making those decisions and sacrifices and saying no to the things that you really don't need to be a part of. And, and this sounds super simple and fundamental, but it's like, we're not doing it in a lot of places or a lot of times I wasn't doing it for a while. And, and I really wish I wouldn't have done what I did, but you know, you learn from it and that's why I'm here talking to you about it. So take care of each other, do the right thing, take care of your family, love your family, love the people you work with. But remember, there's only a small group that's going to be really, really, um, I guess, impacted. They're going to feel the loss when you're gone. Um, and that's not going to be your department. Most likely they're going to get somebody else to fill your spot. They're going to put on, you're going to sit in the car you drove, maybe even wear the uniform you wore. But when it comes to the bed at home, being the daddy, the mama, there's only one of you, man. So do the right thing and put them first. Where can people find Adam Davis? The profound speaker, handsome, strong, <sighs> muscular, larger in life. You make me sound really good, thank you. Um, probably most likely, uh, in most cases, chances are my website, theadamdavis.com or iamunconquered.com. I've got just released a new hoodie, new shirts, and stuff like that. It's all kind of building up to the book release. Um, Tim Kennedy gave me a great endorsement for it. Got a bunch of other great endorsements. Uh, awesome forward. So and it's going to be a game-changing book, and I wrote it for you. And um, I hope you enjoy it. But I'd love to hear from you if you've got, you know, behind the badge. I don't know if you know this. I know Dennis did. But uh, this month became, it's been out four and a half years, became the number one best-selling book in law enforcement. Uh, multiple times. And that's not like faith-based books or devotional gifts. That is law enforcement books. And it's consistently staying like in the top three there. So if you've read that, if you read any of my books, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to connect with you. Uh, anything I could do for you or your department, uh, love to love to connect with you and, and see how I can support you. We'll do this again, my Let's very good friend. Let's do it, friends. baby. Let's do it. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate you, brother. Now. I'll see you, brother. Do it. See you. Guys, if you're in an area where you're trying to get to our classes, but we're not close to you, fret not. We actually have on-demand training at streetcop.com. 
you can take that course online right now and then you could attend that training in the future at no additional cost. You can redeem your voucher. So you get two for the price of one. We don't want to deny you the ability to take this training now, especially knowing that it can keep you safe at a very minimum, putting bad guys in jail where they belong, and at the maximum going home to your family. Check out streetcop.com for that offer.